Coming up, I'm going to reveal the person that you should cut out of your life immediately. And then we'll break down some of the big tech layoffs. I'll teach you a cautionary lesson. Let's go. Helping you win at work so that you're winning in life. A sucky job is killing you slowly. And if you're working in the right role, you're going to win financially and you're going to win personally. I promise and I'm here to help. So let's talk about pruning, shall we? It's uh, it's that time of year. You can actually hear the allergies in me, can you not? Ay, ay, ay. Ay, 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 the allergies. What am I going to do? I got the allergies. And uh, it's that time of year. And uh, we're going to be pruning soon as the the spring growth happens. And, and so I, I think that's our metaphor today. If you want to grow, you need to make sure that you cut this person out of your life. And I mean quickly, cleanly. Now, some of you don't have this person in your life. Great. So this is a warning to you. Who is this person that I'm talking about? It's the cynic, the constant, unrelenting, indefatigable cynic, just constantly being cynical. It hurts me just thinking about these people. David McClellan, who leads the longest and most robust research study in the history of the world, done by Harvard, said that people you habitually associate with determine as much as 95% of your success or failure. I use that all the time on the show. It bears repeating. we got new people coming in all the time. Did you hear that? That's a staggering piece of data. 95% of your success or failure is determined by the people you spend the most time with. And and I'm going to make some of you very uncomfortable today because I'm going to suggest to you that in some of your lives, the constant cynic is somebody in your family. Yikes. I'll get to that. What do we do if it's a very close family member? I'll get to that. But first, let's just help you identify the constant cynic. The constant cynic is addicted to fear and doubt. They're addicted to it. In fact, they can't get through a day without seeing something to be afraid of or commenting on something that they doubt. Let me say that again because I want you to get it. The constant cynic cannot get through a day without discovering something to be afraid of or commenting on something that they doubt could happen. That's just what they do. They're addicted to it because they're so used to their amygdala, that part at the back of their brain that is our fight-or-flight response. They're so addicted to that being on high alert that they don't know what to do when their amygdala isn't going, run, fight. They just don't know what to do. They've, they've become addicted to it. And, and it's a false reality, but it's their reality. Now, this constant cynic is in your life, simply put, because they have 
establish some trust, some credibility with you at some point. So again, it doesn't have to be a family member. It could be professional relationship. But it's either professional or personal. And so maybe the cynic at some point in your life gave you some constructive criticism. Maybe they did. But the constant cynic is not marked by constructive criticism. They are marked by destructive criticism because there is nothing good in their criticism. And thus, it's cynicism. It's just, this is bad. It won't work because of fear or doubt. And that's the world they see. That's the lens by, uh, in other words, that's the lens by which they see the world. It's literally like taking a pair of glasses, putting them on your face, and all you can see is everything filtered through fear and doubt. That's all you got. You can't see anything else positive. So therefore, that's why they are the constant cynic. They shoot down every idea that involves risk or change. And I'm not talking about crazy risk. There's common sense commentary. There's common sense commentary on something that is outlandish. So if I say to everybody that knows me, um, I'm going to, because I have four years of college eligibility left, I'm going to try to be a, I'm actually going to go play basketball. I'm 48 years of age. I have four years of eligibility left. And so I'm going to go try to make the basketball team at the University of Michigan. It's going to be great. I'll get a part-time job. You know, can you imagine? Anybody that knows me is going to go, are you kidding me? Uh, By the way, like that would be met with cynicism, healthy cynicism from somebody on the street that doesn't know me. Okay, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about moderate to low risk and anything related to change. The constant cynic is there to poo-poo it because again, only thing they could see as a result of you taking some type of risk or making change in your life, the only thing they can see are things that you need to be afraid of and things that you need to be warned because it's a low probability at best, an impossibility at worst. That's what they do. And because of the relational impact in your life, they actually get through to you. And it is as though they are taking a rope and tying it to your ankle and just holding you back because that's what's happening. Now, do they mean to do this? Do they mean to hold you back? Are they are they in their minds going, I want to hold them back? No. They think they're helping you. The constant cynic is actually coming from a place where they think, boy, they need to be aware of this. They should be afraid, and I'm going to warn them, right? They think that it is a good deed. I'm warning you. Don't go over the cliff. Stop. So they're very indignant and even self-righteous about this. So they think they are keeping you from harm or keeping you from embarrassment. That's where the fear and doubt comes in. Well, I doubt that's going to happen, so you don't want to embarrass yourself. But here's what's underneath of it. How is it that it can be so self-righteous, so indignant about it, 
and miss what's really going on, that they are, in fact, holding you back. Because deep down below the circumstances that you're sharing with them, and they're pointing out fear and doubt, it's because they've been so burned by fear and doubt, and they've been held back. And what they don't realize is that when they point out the things you should be afraid of and the things that you should doubt, they are validating their own fear and doubt. There it is. That's why they're pointing it out to you, because it validates their own reason for not moving forward. If they hold you back with them, well, they don't feel like they're stuck. Feedback is critical to success, but not negative feedback. Of the people, by the people, for the people. I'm a man of the people. What does that mean? It means I know that you have a unique role that you're supposed to play in this grander story, this world in which we live, in this time in which we live. And that means you're tremendously valuable, and then you've got to do it. And so if I could be a guide to you to help you find it and do it well, that makes me a man of the people. And I'm also here to warn you, instruct you, encourage you, because you are in a in a world that is honestly so wacky in its systemic problems that you need that guide to show you that light, to show you the path. If you're enjoying the show, I'd love for you to, uh, on YouTube, like our videos as you're watching, and subscribe to the channel. Share if you think there's somebody that needs what you're watching. Also, if you're listening on your favorite podcast platform, uh, we'd love for you to follow us and give us a five-star review. Uh, One of the things I'm doing, talking about shining a light, is I'm trying to help parents with their children. Every parent has one thing, if nothing else, in common, and that is for their kids to be productive members of society, and yet our education system is failing our children, not the teachers. The teachers are being failed as well. But we're creating test takers, not pathfinders. It's all about standardized test scores and moving kids through the system. So we aren't teaching kids how to discover their uniqueness, even at a young age, and actually find options, explore those options, before we saddle them with debt in college and a degree they can't use nor can they afford. So I'm stepping up to the plate with Ramsey Education. Brand new course coming from me here. It's called Foundations in Career Discovery. I teach your young people, and there's parent resources as well, but I teach them how to see their uniqueness and begin to listen to their heart, even at a young age, to explore their future and actually explore a future that is based on their uniqueness, what they do best, what they love to do, and what results matter to them. It's only $49.99 for one student for one year. Additional students can be added for $30 a year if you've got multiple kids. Each purchase includes a free teacher account. That's for you parents. Additional resources for the teacher. And student progress tracking in a grade book. Each student gets free access to the Get Clear Assessment for Students. We've adapted my assessment. Wildly popular assessment. It gives you a purpose statement and a detailed report on what you do best, what you love to do, and results that matter to you. And now we've got it for kids, uh, students in in particular. The website to get the course is kencoleman.com slash student, kencoleman.com slash 
student. Go check it out. All right. Uh, speaking of being a man of the people and informing you and making sure that you are not alarmed, discouraged, and disillusioned by the headlines, which are designed to get you to click on them, we hear a lot about layoffs over the last six months, and it's been mostly in the tech world. But I want to give you some perspective. And there's some lessons here for those of you that are in management, those of you that want to start your own business. You can learn a lot from this. So here's where we stand. Of all of the massive layoffs, and and keep in mind, they've been coming from large companies. So a lot of people getting laid off, but they're from Amazon, Meta, which is the parent company of Facebook, Salesforce, Stripe, a lot of of companies. Excuse me, a lot of people being laid off from these big tech companies. And we've told you why that is. But but this is what's really interesting. We are at a 3.5% unemployment rate. It's very low. And these tech workers that are getting laid off by the Metas, the Amazons, and so forth and so on, the data suggests that those workers are getting quickly hired by other companies in other sectors of the economy. I talked about this recently on the show with Ryan Collins, who's the CEO of Bethel Tech, our technology school partner of the Ken Coleman Show. We have, over, we have almost 100 students now signed up for Bethel Tech. It's a nine-month program online, $15,000. Okay, And he was on the show and we were talking about this. Tech is everywhere now. So if you or, or anyone in your family, your kids want to get into tech, I got great news. You don't have to go to a four-year school and, and get a student loan for over $100,000 to get a technology degree. And here's the other thing. Tech is everywhere. Tech is in ministry. Tech is in education. Tech is in healthcare. Tech is in business. Everything has got tech in it. So it's not like these young kids today have to go work for Facebook. By the way, they don't want to work for Facebook. You know why? Because Facebook's not cool. You know any like 18, 19 year olds that are like, I just want to go work for Facebook. Facebook's taking a lot of PR damage. More on that in a second. So understand that even though we've had these large tech companies lay people off, these tech workers are getting other jobs. And we are in a very, very healthy job economy. 3.5% unemployment. So let's talk about what led to these mass layoffs. Because again, if you watch the media and you listen to the media, it's like, oh no, the economy's crashing. No, it's not. It's simply not. I mean, listen, inflation sucks, okay? It does. It's not slowing. But part of the reason inflation is not slowing is because we have such a crazy job economy. Millions more jobs available than there are people who are unemployed right now in America. And we're still seeing high volume of people changing jobs. Millions of people are switching jobs per month primarily because they are getting a nice pay bump. Hourly wages are at crazy historical highs in this country right now. You you could go work, make 16, 18, 20, 22 bucks an hour at jobs that previously you would be thrilled to get 12 an hour. By the way, that's why inflation is stubborn. When Walmart is paying someone 4 to $6 more per hour to do something that they previously 
paid less, guess what Walmart does? Walmart passes the cost on to you, so your toilet paper costs more. All right, that's Economics 101. What do we learn from these big companies like Meta, Amazon, Facebook, uh, 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 Salesforce, Stripe? Well, let's take Stripe, for example. They laid off 14% of their staff at the end of 2022. It was big news. We reported it on this show. Big technology company, 14% of their staff gone like that. What does their CEO say? Patrick Collison said, we overhired for the world we're in. And this has been the overriding philosophy in the big tech world. Let's scale up quickly. And in order to scale up quickly, we hire. So, you know, the movie series Fast and Furious, you know, the cool car movie series, that could basically be the description of tech over the last five years. They hired Fast and Furious. So then it became popular to lay people off. And I believe, and I've said this on the show, that once you get one big tech company laying people off and saying things like this guy did, well, we overhired during a hot season. Well, so then everybody else starts doing it. And I told you on the show, I'll tell you again, they laid people off because of the stock price. So the experts say, Jeffrey Pfeiffer, a professor at Stanford Grad School of Business, through the research said, there's very little empirical evidence that layoffs help profitability. In fact, what they see in the data is, is that it is a Revenue problem, not a cost problem. So your revenues drop. It's not that your expenses are too high. And I've also reported on this show that historically when companies lay off people, they lose even more people because people start to go, am I next? So what's the lesson for you? Those of you that are in business, that have some influence in, maybe you don't run a business, but you have influence with the leadership. Let me just tell you, the old tortoise versus the hare nursery rhyme, I mean, not nursery rhyme, but kid story, Listen, slow and steady wins the race. And so instead of scalability, I would be focusing on profitability. Let's test before we hire. Let's learn from the test. Retest. Test again. Slow and steady wins the race. It's about sustainability, not scalability. Now that's the trap. And now you're seeing big tech. They fell into the trap, but they don't care because it's all about the stock price. They'll lay you off and not think twice about it. You got one shot at life, folks. One shot. And the fact is, you need to work, and you were created to work. But some of you right now feel very stuck, either because you're not clear on what your future is, not sure what your future should look like. You know what you want to do, you don't know how to get there, you've been passed over. You feel stuck. There's a huge gap between where you are and where you want to be. And I'm going to tell you something, folks. That is financial, it is professional, and it will affect your personal life. And so I want to help you close that gap. We just did our first career breakthrough event. I'm going out on the road solo. We were in Kansas City at the uh, Union Station, the city stage. It was so awesome. Uh, packed house, 200 people. I speak for about 25, 30 minutes. And then we opened it up for questions, and some amazing things happened. Uh, people just standing up in the middle after I've 
doing a breakthrough for somebody and, a, and a, coaching them up and, and, and instead of going, I want to walk through this with you. Uh, we had guys getting job offers on the spot in the middle of this event. It was so killer. And so we got three more events coming your way. Chicago, Illinois, May 16th. Atlanta, Georgia, May 18th. And Dallas, Texas, May 23rd. All the details plus your tickets. We have a VIP option. I'll spend time with you prior to the event and take uh, more personal questions there. Much smaller group. Uh, all the details, KenColeman.com slash events. KenColeman.com slash events. We have a couples discount uh, along with a VIP ticket and then your general admission. So again, KenColeman.com slash events. Let's go to Nolan who waits for us here in Salt Lake City, Utah. Nolan, you're on the Ken Coleman Show. Hi, Ken. Thanks for letting me have some of your time. You bet. What's up? Uh, my wife called into the Dave Ramsey show when you were guest hosting, and um, he sent me a couple of books, which I read, and so this is a follow-up call. Okay, great. What's up? Um, well, I read the books, and I've done some of the things in there, but I guess my question is, obviously I'm stuck in where I am. Uh, I've been at this job for, well, at the company for 15 years, and in my position for five, and there's not really a clear way forward in my niche, I guess, that you would say that I have. Um, and management what, was an what, option. What does that mean? There's not a way forward. There's not like a direct, like, uh, promotion ladder. Okay. Has that been made clear um, to you? Meaning they told you that? There just like isn't one. It's like a dead end. Okay, great. All it right, feels. good. Okay, so you're absolutely, you've hit a lid. Yeah, and I knew that when I took the position, and I, I mean, I, I've been looking around, to, you know, in other places within and outside of the company to try to get out of that, because I knew, like, I wasn't going to grow once. I, I could grow within that position, but not really beyond it in that track. Right. Um, and, uh... Okay, so let's talk like about... I don't like this track necessarily anyway. That's my next question. Where do you want to go? Uh, I'm not really sure. I know where I don't want to go, um within the company anyway. Um, yeah, but I, I want your, you thinking bigger than that. You took the get clear assessment and, did, yeah. and, and it, did it hit you right in the head, right in the heart? It absolutely. Yes. Um, the, the track I'm on is definitely not the track I wanted to be on. It's pretty much the polar opposite. All right. So let's um, read slowly your get clear assessment results. Let's start with talent. What do you do best? Uh, let's see. Talent, uh, logic, inspection, and organization. Logic, inspection, an organization. All right, now, folks, we're going to let you follow along at home here as I walk Nolan through this. We already can see that uh, Nolan is a detail guy. He notices detail. He likes to figure out why the details are the details they are, uh, and he wants to get the details in the right place. So you're a detail process guy, true or false? Definitely true. Absolutely. All right, let's talk about the type of work that you really enjoy. That's passion. What were your top three? Analyzing, researching, and creating. Analyzing, researching, and creating. Now, did this give you a head tilt with creating? Um, no, I knew I liked creating because uh, one of the one of the things I, I noticed, and I said a few years ago in my job, was that um, we don't make anything. It's more like an inbox, right. outbox, empty thing. So when I see top three passions of analyzing, researching, and creating. You like to analyze a problem or a potential solution, both. Research the best way to do it, and then you like to get after making it. Is that right? Yes. That's awesome. All right, what was your number one motivational result? We call that mission, missional result. What was it? Creation. Yeah. Wow. 
Very cool. So what are the things you like to create? Um, that's one of the hard parts. Like I work in science, um, but there's a lot of, I guess, politics and company sorts of things that interfere with. Yeah, but let's get away um, from that for a moment. I want to, and I get it, but I want to go deeper than these limitations. We're not talking about limitations right now. Okay. We're talking about okay. our imagination. So let me put it this way. Do you get more excited about creating a thing, a physical product? Uh, could be an HVAC system, could be an engine. You get where I'm going. A thing or a process. A process. I knew that, and I needed you to say that. So you like creating a system, and yes. it could be a product that's based on a system. So you're more wired, not by the actual physical product, but by a process product. Could be an app, could be a software it's a system. You're driven by that because that, that organization, that analysis, see how that works together? The logic and analysis match up. The uh, inspection and researching match up. And the organization and creating match up because I think you like to create systems that make things organized and run efficiently. Yes. And I'll bet you, if you look at your results, that efficiency was your second highest missional result. Am I right? Um, second highest efficiency? No. Um, execution. Ah, okay, great. All right, that's fine. Execution, yeah. So, um, so that to me says you need to be doing work where you're spending the majority of your day where you are analyzing, researching, and creating new systems, new processes. It's just that simple. Your job description is, in fact, that assessment. That that purpose statement that the assessment spits out for you is a high-level job description. I say that about everybody. But in your case, it's almost word for word. <laughs> you know, because for you, it's, it's like I've got to be constantly looking at a new problem to solve. And, and in doing so, I'm going to now hopefully be allowed to create a process to solve. Make sense? Yes. So where are you at now? Um, I've looked into project management, and I ha am certified as a project manager. Um, Would that allow you to do this kind of work? Not where, not at this company, no. No, no, no. I mean, we're past this company. You're leaving, dude. Yeah, yeah. I don't ever yeah. tell someone to stay in a company where there's a lid. That's just yeah. not good for your health. So I'm saying, yeah. as we're you're, you're asking me now about ideation. You and I are in the ideation stage. What are the types of roles that I need to be looking at? Certainly project management is one. But, I mean, now you've got the entire Salt Lake City area to start looking at jobs that are available, and you're looking in areas, let's just call it high level, you're looking at process-type jobs. Organizational, process, system-type jobs. That's what you're looking for, right? Yes. There you go. That's where we're looking. And when you're looking, you're going, am I already qualified? If I'm not qualified, what is it going to take for me to get qualified? Is that going to take too much time and money for me to stay where I am? Because I might stay where I am for a season because it becomes my platform by which I step off of the platform onto the next train, right? Yes. So did we scratch the itch today? I think we did, but I want to make sure. Yeah. This is all yeah, about you, you discovering right now. You know what you're supposed to do. 
You know why you love to do it. We just walk through it. So go find it. Let's make sure we got the connections. I'm going to give you my book from paycheck to, excuse me, I'm going to give you the proximity principle, which is a deeper dive into uh, the get connected stage that I unveil in from paycheck to purpose. I want to give you a deep dive in the proximity principle. And that's the best selling book because you need to be getting around people in your area that are doing this kind of work because that's where the best opportunities are going to come from. You understand that, correct? I do. Yes. All right, man, let's get after it. No more thinking. It's about doing. We don't have to think anymore. It's like, okay, I know exactly who I am. I know why I am the way I am. I know what I want to do. Now I just got to find where I can do it. And that's the process. Really proud of you, Nolan. Uh, You're really close. And I'm glad to see a lid is going to be lifted on your life because it's going to be lifted on your work. This is the Ken Coleman Show. Press on. Thanks for listening to the Ken Coleman Show. For more, you can find the show on demand wherever you listen to podcasts and watch the show on YouTube. You can also find Ken across all social media by following at Ken Coleman.